You're listening to Solid Sound. And joining me online is Dean, a digital artist, better known as well for the Terracore label. Dean, how you doing, mate? How are you? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks, Kushti. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, good, thanks, mate. Yeah, good. So, I mean, you've been involved in digital arts in the music industry for quite some time. Uh, tell us a bit, a bit about the background to all of that. Uh, yeah, I started really young, about 14 years old, working with local hood rat drum and bass, drum bass nights regionally. Uh, my mum's a raver. Uh, she went to all the early roasts and all the um, acid house hardcore stuff, then got into jungle, then got into drum and bass. So all the connections I got at the beginning were basically through my mum. Oh, cool, cool. Oh man, you're making me feel a bit old that your mum went to roast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was in the thick of it. Um, all the all the raves, all the gatherings, all the festivals, all the free parties, you name it, she was there on it like Sonic. So that's like 88, well, late 80s, right? Yeah, well, prior to that, she was a punk rocker, so... <laughs> cool stuff, man, cool stuff. So, I mean, would you not think about rebelling against your parents and getting into some classical music and getting a nice haircut? Um, nice haircut, definitely not. Classical music, I absolutely love with a passion, man. Oh, you should have put some of that in this. Nah, I wanted I wanted to keep it Aggie, um, kind of the my rave journey, as it were. If, if it was Dean's musical journey, there wouldn't be enough time to cover everything, man. So this is the kind of definitive bangers, as it were. Nice one, good call. Yeah, I think we've taken a bit of a detour because normally when we do the show, we're interviewing artists, you know, musicians, producers, people like that. So you'll be the first digitalized we've had on here. Yep. Um, but, you know, you're well into the music. Uh, you've got a long history with it. Uh, and obviously your opinion of music is just as much as the next person's. Uh, we want to listen to it, right? So let's get you on here. Let's talk some tunes. Yeah, all good in the hood with me, mate. Nice one. So this is a bit of a drum and bass roller. Tell us a bit about it. What is it? Okay, um, this is the one that kicked it off for me. I had a lot of um, kind of jungle and drum and bass in, in the background, but I didn't really latch onto it. I was more into hip hop when I was a little kid. And then uh, I was I was reading a magazine when I was a teenager called Bizarre Magazine. I don't know if anyone remembers it, but it was full of weird, kooky counterculture stuff and gory stuff. And it was... Um, like a like a magazine you could get at the time it was really good but it came with a v, uh, one of them came with a free VHS and the VHS had an advert for loads of kind of B-movies and splatterfests and manga films and on the manga segment they had all the chaos and the anime and just the madness and they had uh, moving fusion turbulence as the background music and that was that was it for me I was enthralled immediately and knew that this was the shit that I liked so it's um it's like a a landmark tune for me personally so what year was this then I mean VHS tapes that's got to be pre 2000 yeah um yeah so so that VHS it was definitely pre 2000 I guess I'm guessing about 97 but I could be wrong yeah I'm not too sure myself I'm uh, not too great on the old dates I mean, at this stage in life, it's a bit about cobbling together what you can remember, right? It, it was it was definitely pre-2000, because I was in year 10 at school. I think year 9 or year 10, and um, I, I had that VHS, and I watched it, and it, the, it had that uh, turbulence tune over the top of the mad visuals, and I, I was infatuated immediately, and it was all 
drum and bass and dance music since then and hip hop went pretty crap anyway so I weren't really missing out on a lot yeah you got a lot of good selection on this uh, show tonight um, I mean I wouldn't really know what to call this to me it's like noisy drum and bass something like that yeah um a lot of these could be deemed as kind of techie rollers. So out of all the drum and bass that was out at that time, late 90s, it, it was a very militant, very dark period, very kind of sci-fi infused era of drum and bass. And I think it's the pinnacle of drum and bass. I, I know um, it's a thing that you like the music best from when you was 14 forever. You know, it's a, it's a common trope, but I, I think that that was the true golden era of up and having it drum and bass I think you're right I think whatever you were listening to when you first found out a, a genre of music I think definitely because to me like you know the old school what we call old school now the 92 or the landlord stabs and you know breakbeat hardcore and that sort of stuff universe fantasia those raves it's like man they were the days like you know your brother was very lucky to get to the earlier ones you know the really early stuff like the pioneering stuff yeah benefits of being old mate good music yeah maybe we should have your mum on it <laughs> she could she could tell a few stories i'm sure yeah oh yeah yeah definitely So let's talk about digital art. I think a lot of people would obviously know you for digital art. I guess a lot of people would know you for the Terracore merch as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, like the horror movie stuff and all that sort of stuff. It looks really cool, man. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, so I started out working in drum and bass. Uh, I was mainly doing stuff for my mum's mates who were putting on gigs at universities and stuff. And then I linked up with a production crew called Breakology and they ended up uh, getting really big, putting on the biggest uh, dance music events in the whole of Southeast England, uh, up to 2,000 people um, at places like Folkestone, Leeds Cliff Hall. So I kind of grew up with them, grew up alongside them. And I have to say at that time, my work wasn't very good at all. I was just the kid that was there that knew a bit of Photoshop. So I'm not saying I was good or anything, but you know, um, as they grew, my practice grew alongside it. And then, um, I don't know what year roughly, but I, I decided that I weren't really going to get anywhere with music. So I've decided to change focus to publishing and built a career as a schlock horror, um, horror artist, book cover artist. So yeah, that's what I've been doing the last seven years or so. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. Um, I mean, like an amateur, myself, I do the odd bit here in paint or whatever tools people be using out there. But then when you see the professional stuff, you can see it's uh, it's an absolute another level of game, right? Yeah. Well, it's the same as the music producers, you know, and anyone can dip their toe in and have a go. But to get that level, you got to put the hours in, you got to get your 10,000 hours of grind in there and then stuff starts coming together it's the same for any creative discipline or sport or business or anything got to get those hours in i completely agree with you absolutely yeah man gotta be uh, dedicated to your trade and to your art so i mean i think what a lot of people would know you for as well is the terracore thing and you gave out a heck of a lot of free merch and bang faces certain people had to make yourself absolutely well known and well respected and loved by everybody but how's that been going like uh, many other people in our scene, uh, I got cock blocked seriously hard by 
the events of this year, but I didn't let it get me down. I just pivoted to another mission because uh, we've got a digital arts brand and all of my income comes from e-commerce. So my, my business isn't dependent on my art. We sell stock photography to publishers worldwide. So that keeps the wheels turning. But um, Terracore was my kind of big bang to get back into the dance scene. Because me and my partner, Otty, we're, we're active. We go out raving all across Europe. We go to the um, Thunderdome in Holland. We go to uh, Bangface, Bolter, Boomtown, all the bees. Yeah. Jungle Syndicates, Prospect Recordings, we're mad for it. So we're, we're always uh, get out. And I basically wanted to create a clothing brand that celebrates that underground culture, art of the underground, threads of the underground. So yeah, I invested loads of money into it, got it all teed up, and then the apocalypse happened. Man, that is such a shame. I know it's affected a lot of people. It is what it is, man. I mean, I kind of thought maybe in a couple of months it'll all blow over. I mean, what are your plans for the future? The good thing is, is that it's all there, it's on ice, all the infrastructure's built. We've got a massive library of awesome designs by some of the best underground artists in planet Earth. Um, so it's there, it's ready to rock, but I don't want to be selling rave t-shirts whilst no one can go to raves, it seems. Sure, yeah. It seems a bit bleak, man. So it's there, it's, it's on ice, I've got another mission going. So I'm keeping busy as always, but Terracore will come and it will land with a massive bang, definitely. Wicked, I mean, absolutely look forward to seeing that. So, I mean, we've talked all over this tune. Uh, Bad Company, tell us a bit about it. I know, I know. Yep, it's, this is another favourite from my uh, hood rat youth. Uh, Bad Company put out loads of absolute bangers. So, yeah, this, this is uh, indicative of, I don't know, between... 16 and 20 this was all the kind of stuff i was into uh, we, we started going to kind of oh, you can't call them jump up raves because i don't think drum and bass was really jump up at that stage but we were going to raves so we were going to breakology we were going to one nation we were going to slamming vinyl so yeah um this this was the kind of music that was out at that era when i first started going to raves on my own with my mates mm -hmm. coming back in the car boot that kind of stuff <laughs> Not enough room in the car, so I'll sleep in the boot, mate. Job done. <laughs> and you went for China Cup rather than the nine? Nine two rinse, is it? I just thought the nine was a bit too obvious. The China Cup is a yeah. a bit of an unsung hero out of their catalogue, so I thought, yeah, I'll throw that one in. Yeah, when it comes on, I mean, from the sound of it, instantly recognisable as a bad company, right? Yeah. Yeah, those, those guys really managed to get to grips with some crunchy-ass bass noises, man. Always been a fan. Especially that era. I find a lot of drum and bass sounds very samey to me, but uh, well, I suppose you could say that about any genre, really. It depends what you're into, right? If you're not into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're all pretty the same. Yeah, well, um, 
house music to an extent, Psytrance definitely. I'm not hating on those genres, but to my untra untrained ear, I I find it hard to differentiate. But I do like high tech though. Really like high tech. Oh god yeah. Oh hundred percent. Um I've I've been to a, a few festivals where I've just tranced out of that high tech and gone mental. It's got it's the BPM man, the high BPM, you can't beat it. Yeah, it's like breakcore on speed or something. It's brilliant. Yeah, anything on speed. I'll have it. <laughs> All right, now we're into another track now. Do you want to tell us what this one is? Um, Synthesis, VIP. And it's another one of those techie, late 90s, early 90s drum and bass tracks that, that just thumps, just thumps hard, man. And it's got a, a real um, kind of Robocop Ed 209 kind of synthetic robot noises that I really liked from that era as well crunchy, squelchy, synthetic sounds that, that give you kind of visuals, very cinematic. A lot of these love going for that sort of aeroplane approach sort of sound, don't they? Yeah, they do, yeah, yeah. But really loud out on um, like an up and avenue drum and bass night, these, these, these really got the dance moving. Oh, absolutely, yeah, totally. I, mean, I always think there's a good differentiation between music you listen to and music you dance to. This is definitely music you'd be dancing to, right? Having it large on the dance floor. But even then, I'd probably be more the sort of person to be at the back of the room, stroking my bed, going, oh, it's 32 bars before he's made a change here. Yeah, I've, I've been to both kinds of raves. I've been to the chin strokey raves. I've been to the kind of lose a plot and go mental raves. But uh, yeah, yeah, this era, man, still love it. So you're saying there that you go to gigs outside the UK, like Thunderdome in Amsterdam. Uh, are there many other gigs you'd go to outside in Europe, uh, under normal circumstances, obviously? The European raves I've been to, uh, things like, um, what's it called, Footworks, Sandy Wares, uh, Thunderdome, Prospects, they tend to be either Gabber or Hardcore raves. Yeah. I doubt I'd go to Europe for a drum and bass night or a jungle night because I can get that at home. That's absolutely, you know, we're well catered here. But if you if you want a really big lineup and, you know, get the hardcore or gabba at the source, then European raves are brilliant, man. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely agree with you on that one, man. Some of the best parties and nights I've ever had have been in Holland. Absolute destroyers. Earlier on, I was saying about how I think a lot of this sort of, sort of sounds the same, but I mean, in retrospect, you know, they do make a lot of good music. I mean, these beasting sounds here, I mean, that's beautiful, right? A lot of effort, a lot of time's gone into this, without a doubt. Yeah, the drum and bass guys really did pioneer a lot of stuff, especially with sound design. They were they were really innovative, man. And a lot of the people, um, people, if you look at people like Andy C, they were putting out absolute destroyers when they were like 16 it's ridiculous man we were talking about 10,000 hours practice but how did Andy C get 10,000 hours by the age of 16 <laughs> you know what I mean there are just some freaks out there man 
I think myself now, getting things done, achieving things, it comes down to one of two things, right? There's skill and there's talent. Skill is, you know, learning that with a hammer and a chisel, you can hit a bit of stone and, and make a carving. But talent, talent is something you're born with, I think. Yeah, I, I, I have had the talent debate with a lot of people. I, I believe talent isn't as, po- as important as many people may think. I, I just think raw practice will win nine out of ten times. But there is an innate X factor that some people do have, and that can't be denied either. Maybe someone like Andy C was just, you know, born into a house where, you know, they were always listening to music. Uh, he was probably doing piano. A lot of people said they do piano at an early age. Yeah. Maybe he just always felt like this was it, and 100% dedication to his art, right? That's how he uh, managed to do what he did at age 16. Yeah, I, I think he was uh, in an ex- exciting time and place technologically with the kind of production moving to computers and software and I think they were doing a lot of those early tracks on Amigas and stuff and I think a lot of things came to a head at the same time and he was just there to ride the wave and get on it. I was talking to Dan Donnelly many, many, many years ago. Dan Donnelly is the guy who runs Booger Times Tribe in Romford back in the day and they also run Suburban Bass Records and he said Andy C used to come into his shop all the time and buy records when he was right, yep. you know, before, he, before he, was still in, while he was still in school sort of thing, you know, he used to come in his school uniform. Yeah man, so he was on it like Sonic, goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're doing art all day, you must listen to a lot of music, right? All day, every day, without fail. Um, I listen to your show a lot. I don't mean to gas you up, but yeah, your show all the time. Don't mind me, mate. It's music to my ears. Well, it's just mixes, so it's SoundCloud. Because I don't want to dick around with the tunes, I, I just put on a, like an hour mix, an hour and a half mix, and just let them roll through. Uh, I've got, I'm following quite a lot of people on SoundCloud, so that's how I keep abreast of what's new, what's coming out. But yeah, it's, it's pretty much mixes all day, every day. I've got the music on non-stop. Yeah, that's a good place to be, isn't it, mate? Absolutely. I mean, I work a desk job myself, so you know, I'm not in meetings or whatever. I'm listening to music. It's great. Put the headphones on, get into a bit of work, get into the zone, and uh, do some shit on the computer, right? It gives a... Uh, it's nice to have a tempo. When, whenever you're doing anything, it could be, you know, a menial task at home, it could be gardening, it could be anything. If you've got that tempo, that background beat, it just gives you a bit of momentum, you know? Absolutely. Well, I'll find. So you've gone for a bit of an oldie tune here now, uh, Dom and Roland on the Moving Shadow label, legendary label. Yeah, I, I put this in because this, this was, I was getting more into the cinematic sounding um, concept or album drum and bass. You know, drum and bass at that era was, a lot of it was coming out in, in full albums. Um, Ed Rush and Opscore were doing stuff. Um, prototype and this was a track from that kind of era where it wasn't just tape packs you you started buying a a CD as a full album and and have an experience a full experience as opposed to you know tunes on a mix yeah so this this tune kind of represents that era of 
getting drum and bass as a full album and letting the album roll through no MCing, no mixing just just an album that's an interesting observation yeah we had all the tape packs which were basically recordings from raves all the producers were just putting out one or two tunes or you know 12 inches whatever and then uh, yeah to go onto cds uh, and make full-length cds I don't know if you knew, if it was your bag or whatever, but uh, DJ Godfather put out an album last month, Electro Beats for Freaks, and it's a two-hour-long album. Oh, nice. And all the tracks are individual tracks, but it all just sort of rolls into one sort of thing. It's like a, going through a story, as it were, you know? I, I do like that, to, to find a good album that you can let it play from beginning to end and let it, you know, have a narrative, a journey, and that's how the artist wanted you to hear it. Those tunes in that sequence. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, in the DJ Godfather's album, you know, he's made tunes which, again, in their own right, are good, good dance floor smashers. But uh, he's really gone for putting things together in a certain order, in a certain way, and, and uh, gone for the artistic. Here is an album, full-length album, sort of thing. You know. Yeah, it's, it's like they're embracing the musicality of their art form a bit more when when they put out. Um, what's his face? Uh, Smiler. Smiler does the same thing. Uh, drum and bass producer and DJ uh, in the dark step scene he, he he does really good albums as well I can't say I know Smiler like I said I don't know a huge amount about DMB. he's good man uh, Eamon Eamon he's one of the jungle well, he does a lot of stuff with Jungle Syndicate he, he he does really good concept albums oh yeah and the spelling is S-M-Y-L-A uh, if anyone listening is really into angry Eamon infused drum and bass and that's the guy to see cool but that definitely has to check that out yeah when i was pulling all this together going through your tunes there's a lot of what i would call angry angsty sort of dmb sort of rollers um but then uh, then i hit that one uh, what's it ocean um ocean wisdom yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. And I hit that and I'm like, whoa, tune, tune, tune. And then I went on a, an absolute deep dive then, going through loads of his stuff on YouTube and what have you, and listening to that. Man, wow, that is what I love about this show, is finding amazing new music from interesting people like yourself, you know? Yeah, for real, man. That's that's my all-time favourite thing musically. Uh, my partner, Otty, she loves bangers and anthems and things that you can sing along to karaoke style like she like all her music taste is brilliant she loves really cool stuff but my preference is more so new i like new more than anything if i haven't heard it before it's different in some way that gets me more excited than hearing um an old-time classic anthem you know yeah but then there's a lot to be said for the classics you know a lot to be said for classics I was reading an article about two, two or three years ago, and they were talking about people's buying habits, people buying old music versus new. So if you classify old music as anything older than 18 months, and new music as anything newer than 18 months, there'd been a tipping point a couple of years back where more people were buying old music than new music. Oh, wow. Yeah, I could, I could understand that. I, I could definitely believe that. So to put it into context, people weren't going into HMV and buying the top 10, the latest albums, etc. People were more interested in digging up, you know, Zeppelin or Chopin or some jazz or whatever. People were more interested in the old stuff than the new stuff. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I think it probably demonstrates how lacklustre people are about mainstream music these days. Yeah. And I think with underground music, perhaps 
or certain niche genres, people are more interested in digging through the archives than uh, listening to pop. I love, I love discovering new stuff. And it doesn't have to be like new, new. It, it could be an old thing that I've never heard before. And if, if I've heard it for the first time and it's cool, then that excites me. I think the differentiation I'm making there is the difference between you know, mainstream and underground music, whereas you know, underground people are making it for the love of the music, whereas mainstream people are thinking, oh, how can we make some coin out of this music or whatever? And you know, maybe the newer generations aren't as interested in consumerism music, as it were, whereas the underground grassroots is really about the passion and the art and, and the, you know, Oh yeah, excitement for music, as it were, rather than the coin. That's it. Yeah, it's all changed so much. We're still in this Dom and Roland tune. We're in a very atmospheric part. I was I always feel a bit weird when music goes quiet on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a um, beautiful sound design. So rich, and uh, I think this is some of the most visual drum and bass ever created I'm quite a visual person naturally um, given my career but when I was younger and I used to play this I, I could visualise crazy post-apocalyptic sci-fi scenes unfolding as the, tra as the track's playing very visual Dom and Roland so you listen to a lot of music for a visual inspiration is to you know all the time that whole synesthesia idea isn't that you know of one, one input creates another output yeah So you've had a quiet year this year, unfortunately. Um, the year's been pretty jam-packed, business-wise. I've, I've had a lot of plates spinning, a lot of things going on. I'm talking gigs. Oh, yeah. gig-wise? Uh, oh, don't even go there, man. It's bleak. Uh, I went to the last rave of the world, uh, Bang Face. I met you there. It's fun. Yeah. And But it was a bit weird, though. It was a bit tainted. It was this year, yeah. It, it was good. It will always be good. Bang Face will always be the best party in the world to me, but it did feel a little bit tainted. Because we got kids at home, by Sunday we were getting a bit worried, you know? But thinking about the kids, thinking about being stranded, so our, our head weren't in the game, as it were. We were kind of thinking about what to do yeah. and how to do it but we're normally party animals first one there last one out like chewing on the railings like we're headbangers man we go crazy we go hog wild but it was this year's bang face it was it was tainted just a little bit man but the but the production and the show and the djs and the performers everything was flawless man it was just a weird situation and, and i'm sure we weren't the only ones who felt a little bit like that no, i'd agree with you i was kind of there sort of half thinking should i be here should i not be here and then also thinking well this is going to be it for probably a good while so you better make the most of it you know yeah man yeah i, I wouldn't have taken it back like as ever i've never been disappointed with any bang face I've ever been to I've been disappointed with the people I've gone with before <laughs> but in terms of the actual party uh, bang face is just consistently brilliant man
Oh, we got some Amons coming in. Yeah. So where are we on? Where are we now with this one? What's this? This is future prophecies. Bring the noise. At this stage, this is where Amons started becoming uh, a bit more prominent, and then drum and bass really started splintering off into different directions. I, I think the the little subgenres started crawling out of this stage. Oh my god, that drop. I've heard you talk on previous shows about how much you like jungle, Kushdi. I do, I do. Jungle's where my, where, where my heart's at, big time. It's evergreen, yeah. isn't it, man? Are you saying this is jungle? I'm not saying this is jungle. Okay, cool. I was going to end the call break earlier there, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I can see why. It, it's, it's jungle on crystal meth, mate. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see in a lot of genres, you know, genres are, in my mind, descriptive words. They're not definitive. Yep. It's either absolutely A or it's absolutely B. That's never the case. There's always They're not. a spectrum of a bit of this and a bit of that, like, you know. And, and yeah, I could see why you probably... Of, of the tunes so far, yeah, this would definitely appeal to my Jungoist uh, inklings, definitely, yeah. I always refer to... I don't know if this is a common thing or not, but I always refer to Eamon drums as bombasticals. <laughs> never heard that. Bombasticals. This is a bombastical track. It's got sort of a gabba feel to it, like, you know, those sort of dark synths on top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, rave stabs, isn't it? Like rave stabs? Is that the term oh, for I don't it? I mean, you're asking, you're asking the wrong guy. I mean, it depends who you talk to. I'd call that a hoover. <laughs> you familiar with the term hoover? Um, I'm not familiar with that one, mate. Hoover means, hoover's any sort of long sort of string sound, sort of like... You know, like a who? If you if you were vacuum vacuum cleaning your house, and you got the Hoover on, it goes. Okay. That's a Hoover. But then ah. you talk to twenty different people in here, twenty different descriptions of various different things, like you know. Absolutely, mate. I mean, if you're talking Hoovers, for me, the go-to track would be Human Resource Dominator. I don't know if you know that one. Oh, you know the old '90s Belgian one. Yep. I mean, they didn't invent Hoovers, but you know, the, the sound in that tune, it is all Hoovers, all Hoovers. Oh, nice. Bass! That's what I love about Bangface, is that um, a lot of the up-and-coming breakcore or mashup DJs or donk DJs, they, they take so much from the mid and early 90s different genres from the gabba from the hardcore from the early jungle and it's 
and it really is a mishmash of so many different styles it's, it's really pleasing to hear because if you go to drum and bass raves you're gonna hear a lot of the same tunes at the moment rinsed out yeah. all night by all the DJs and it's it's very homogenous but if you go to a mixed genre event you get a little bit of everything and that's what I really enjoy now I'm getting a bit older I, I much prefer to have a smorgasbord and have a bit of everything you know what I mean yeah yeah, I mean, if it's going to go down the, the down the conversation path of why we love Bankface, we, we would definitely uh, need an extra couple of hours, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, definitely, mate. So what do you reckon to Donk? You haven't got any Donk or any sort of what we call silly music in here. Yeah, um, me and the missus, we're huge, huge, huge Donk fans, actually. Um, I've never guessed it. And uh, we absolutely love Russian hard bass as well. Um, we like the silly, we like the cheesy. We're, we're not like snooty or snobby, like crossbreed heads. We, we go mental for the Donk. We love it. Good stuff, good stuff. So, I mean, like of all the different genres, um, like what would you say would be your favourite? Is it all drum and bass or, you know? If, if I had to have just one music genre yeah. um, to go out to rave to, it would be crossbreed. Right. Which is, I think, um, an evolution from this kind of future prophecies style and then taking elements from the gather and the hardcore and getting all the best bits and mashing it all together and it's hyper fast and hyper angry and that's what we love yeah and towards the end of this you've, you've gone for some uh, we'll probably come to it later on right but you've got you've gone for some really hard hardcore right that's our jam whenever we go to a gig or a festival or a rave or anything our highlight is always the crossbreed, always. Yeah. So we'll enjoy the donk, we'll enjoy the Russian hard bass, we'll enjoy the breakcore, absolutely love the breakcore, but when all is said and done, it's the 4am crossbreed set that sticks with us the most. <laughs> oh man. You know, when everyone's gnawing on the railings yeah. and the sweat's dripping off the ceiling and the smell of the smoke and the cigarettes yeah. and everything. Oh, I miss it so much, man. That's the climax of your night. I miss it. I miss it so much. Because it's it, the cliche, oh, it's therapy. Oh, it's my therapy. Yeah. It is bloody therapy. Because you managed to unleash the fury and get all of that rage and angst out of your system. We're happy people. We're happy-go-lucky, man. We're calm as Hindu cows, yeah. but... Um, it's nice to flush out all of that pent-up energy and aggression and crossbreed really allows you to do that, man. Yeah, I mean, pent-up energy and aggression, I mean, it comes from all sorts. It's not necessarily a violence thing, is it, really? It's a, yeah. you know, I was driving my kids to school this morning uh, and behind this really slow person, the lights are green. It's, come on, mate, come on, mate, the lights are green. Come on, make a move. He's going so slow. By the time he gets there, it's turned red. And I'm like, oh, great. We're going to be late for school. I'm going to be late for work. And what do I do? Listen to some hardcore on the way home. Once I drop them off, get some, like, banging gabber going, you know? We all carry a lot of baggage in our heads for this that and the other but when you go out to a rave and you you proper tear it up you go mental you're at the front you don't go for a drink you don't go for a piss you're just there having it and um i, I love that feeling and we're always at the front oh, i'm always at the back 
<laughs> I'm always at the back just like watching and, and I, just, I just love being there, you know? Yeah. And I said to people, if you actually see me on the dance floor at Bangface, you know it's a banging set. It's going off. Yeah, it's going off big time, mate. <laughs> it's like very, like two or three times at uh, Bangface, I get on the dance floor and, and, and enjoy it for like a good 10 minutes or whatever. I just find at my age, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah, big striker crew. Like, do you find with the advancing years, you're still physically able? I mean, I saw you last, you look very physically able. Do you think when you're going to get out of post-COVID, you're going to be like, oh man, what happened? I'm out of shape. It, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of different factors. I've still got that energy and power to tear it as hard as anyone else, but my, my powers are definitely waning. And I think a large factor behind that would be my choice of yeah. recreational activities for these events. I'm nowhere near as kind of intense with it all as when I was 20 years old. Mm. So I've definitely slowed down on that front as well. Oh yeah, man, I hear you on that front totally. It's like, you know, oh, I've got a bad back. The last thing I want to do is go to a rave and not be able to get out of bed tomorrow, you know? <laughs> Yeah. There's this funny story by Frank Skinner, the comedian. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, I know him. So he's doing this gig, right? And he's in the green room with this 25-year-old comedian as well. And the 25-year-old's going, oh, I've got this bad shoulder. I fell off my skateboard and I really hurt myself. Uh, and my shoulder's really dodgy now, you know? And uh, Frank's like, oh, yeah, I've got a, a bad leg, you know? And the 25-year-old says to him, oh, what happened? And he goes, oh, nothing happened. I'm just old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reached for the remote and put my shoulder out. <laughs> oh, man. But I think it's great, you know, and the other one I love is, you know, you, you don't you don't stop going to raves because you get old. You get old because you stop going to raves. Exactly that, man. Uh, interesting story. Uh, my partner, Rossi, who I've been with, I don't know, about three or four years, four years, I think. Yeah. She um, was a metal girl. She was a metalhead. And I started taking her to raves and she ended up liking the raves like a thousand times more than the metal gigs that she used to go to. She said um, that the metal gigs is quite a lot of posers, quite a lot of people being shirty or um, men a bit too grabby and a bit too sleazy. And she said, I go to these raves, I don't get any of that. I don't get people, girls getting in my face. I don't get, you know, geezers with grabby hands. And she was blown away at the vibe that she saw at the raves. And now she's more of a rave head than I am. Oh yeah, brilliant, that's good, man. Yeah, 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 she's on it like Sonic. She, she's a maniac, her energy is right for that kind of vibe, man. Oh, that's really good, yeah. yeah I hear stories, you know, still even at raves, there are men who go that don't quite know how to behave themselves in public when there's women around. Yeah, yeah, but not nowhere near to the extent of, uh, you know, like a high street club yeah. or um, a rock night or a metal night. Raves definitely win the prize for being overall safer environments, I think. Oh man, high street nightclubs. I forgot they existed. <laughs> Could you imagine going into a high, night, high street nightclub? Oh man. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on in here? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is another bombastical yeah, track. Yeah, sorry, I'm talking all over it. You're all right, mate. It's all good. I'm enjoying the chat. What is it? Where are we at? Tech and Kemal, the call-in VIP. And it's a bit of a mashup one, this, as it uses um, the kind of high noises. It's, it's hard to describe. It, it's, it's more trancey or kind of acid. I don't know. You're the, you're the music man. You'll have to tell me what that noise is. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, kind of 
mix things up a bit and this this was always a, a really solid track yeah what i like about this is so as i think what you're alluding to is you know the, the sort of high pitch sort of thing it's sort of it's like a racing yeah something racing in your head that goes along with the heavy bass like you know yeah there, there's definitely that that sense of a, a galloping momentum to it definitely yeah like if you were driving your car you would definitely be going over the speed limit listening to this now wouldn't you yeah and it was snowing and it'll be look like you're in the um millennium falcon <laughs> exactly that's exactly it man <laughs> so good it's really nice listening to these tunes again man yeah But everything just seems so slow. I listen to these tunes and I just think, oh, it's slow. It needs to be way faster. I don't know if you were into Gabba or I mean, certainly with the drum and bass. Yeah, love Gabba. When it was like 150, 160, 170 BPM, you think, oh, 170 BPM, that's so fast. Or 200. God, someone actually made a tune that was 200. Now you listen to 200 BPM and it's like, it's like bread and butter almost, you know? Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, we've been spoiled. We've been spoiled the past decade. But it's finally catching up to the kind of speed and aggression that I think is as good as you'll get. Oh, we're getting angry now, Kush D. Oh, we, we go, we're going into the dark tunes now. <laughs> I don't consider those last ones dark. Now we're getting dark. Yeah, dark man, that's a, that's a good place to be. I mean, we were talking there about speed and how speed, 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 you can go up, 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 but you know, when it comes to intensity and hardness, speed does not necessarily mean hard, right? Yeah. There can be like industrial, sludgy, really dark and mean and menacing sort of stuff. Uh, it can be way more intense than just something that's like speed car. Yeah, um, current value, uh, I believe, is a German producer and he was very good at bringing a, a European industrial sensibility to drum and bass. The number of cases has been steadily increasing. To watch a patient in a state of unavoidable decline runs against every instinct I have. When the dreadful day comes, so when this came out, I was working for this record label, doing um, digital art, graphic design stuff, record sleeves and stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff with Donny. Donny was uh, really starting to pop off at this time. And I was providing this label with a lot of horror artwork. And around the same time, working for a promotion in Brighton called Autopsy Sessions as well. And a few bits for Freak Recordings. So this was when I was doing my graphic design work for specializing in the harder, um, I don't know whether they called it Skull Step mm. or Dark Step, but this kind of tune at this kind of time, I was working for these uh, labels and events and DJs and producers. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I don't know. I don't know enough about school step or anything like that to really comment. Um, but if you said to me it's school step, I wouldn't disagree with you. Well, we used to call it lovingly uh, pots and pans. That's exactly where I was going to go next, but I didn't know if I was going to be too rude talking about pots and pans. Nah, 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 nah. Now, everyone involved in this scene, we called it pots and pans as well. And it does sound like someone going mental. I think I've heard you say this on a previous show about getting the mums' yeah, yeah. Uh, saucepans out and going mental. <laughs> <laughs> that made me proper laugh, man. I was like, yeah, yeah he knows. He knows. Yeah. yeah, Donnie was the king of pots and pans.
Yeah, it's great that you're a regular listener as well. I really appreciate the regular listeners out there because, you know, I look at the stats on SoundCloud every now and then and I see numbers go up and go down, but it's nice to know I've got regulars out there who regularly tune in and uh, listen to the show. I'm not just talking to the wall. How did you find out about the show? Yeah, yeah, but that's just uh, the, the numbers, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know how I got locked onto you. I, I think you had, I, I think you did uh, a DJ stretch mark mix, and stretch mark lives yeah. near me. And I oh, think right. I think I locked on to your channel through tuning into his mix. I thought, right, this is good. What else they got? And then that was it. I was in. No oh, wicked man, yeah. Stretch mark, yeah, he's a lovely lad, isn't he? Sound as a pound, mate. Yeah, I've always met him at Bangface, which is pretty much where I meet everybody. He's a really sound lad, really sound lad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was doing the thing there at Bangface once. We had a bit of, a, of an incident with some people that weren't really behaving themselves, and a uh, bit of crowd control. He stepped in. He's just like, yeah, no problem. And I was like, yeah. so grateful he helped deal with that situation. And he said, oh well, you know, it's Bangface family. Bangface family would step in for each other and help each other out. And it's like, yeah, man, I love this place. Love these people you know bankface family it's an absolute honor and a joy to be part of that you you know what i love when you go to another festival or another rave and you see the heads of the bankface hoodies on and you're like that you give them a knowing nod and it's like yeah bankface hard crew Well, I don't get with this, right? This this would do my nothing. How can it be a symptomless coma? Because, like, if there are no symptoms, how do you know it's a coma? The name is taken from um, a comedy sketch show uh, sketch. And it was, um, oh, oh, man, what's it called? But the sketch was that the geezer was in hospital and the doctor's saying, you've got a symptomless coma, which makes no sense. Right. And then he, he starts messing with him and injecting him with stuff. But there's nothing wrong with the geezer. It's just the doctor being a weirdo wanting to... Gotcha. You know, either murder him by injecting him with too much stuff that he doesn't need. I think it was... Um, Big train? It might have been Big Train. Then that makes a lot of sense then, right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I didn't get the reference. So yeah, it, it, uh, um, it's, it's, a, it's a play on words and it's based on a, the samples from a comedy sketch. Well, there you go. I consider myself educated. But it is very nihilistic, very militant. It sounds like a military marching band or something. They're very acoustic and tinny and loud. That's because I think they've used a very, as you say, a tinny sort of snare. It's not a very processed snare. Yeah, it's very harsh, very hard mm. sounding. Mm. But Donnie and Current Value were, were really pushing that sound at the time. So you say you've done art for a few labels and people in the industry. Uh, like, what other labels would you have done work with? Um, so I've done stuff with Donny, Current Value, Barcode Recordings. Um, this track coming in, I worked with these guys as well. Um, DJ GIS, uh, Intransigent Recordings, a German, another Skull Step label, if I can use that term. Skull Step or Dark Step. Um, I worked with these guys, I worked with Future Sickness and loads of drum and bass nights. I worked with Jungle Syndicate for a very long time. Autopsy Sessions in Brighton, 
all sorts really so 80 yeah. percent of my work was rave flyers and then 20 percent of it was record sleeves and back then cds as well yeah logos uh, profile pictures you name it i was doing it so this tune now is the Pansia DJ GIS. Tune's called Nazarene. Another VIP. Half the section's VIPs, right? Yeah. Where's the VIP? Do you have any idea? Um, I, I think it's just a special mix. I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I want to see people putting out tunes and saying it's a VIP. It's like, what? This tune is actually very ahead of its time, man. All right. I think. When did this one come out? Do you know? Uh, I would guess early noughties. Right. That's a guess. Welcome to hell. So when you're looking at people's artwork for rave stuff, what do you look at? And, and you're not going to get specific with me now, but like, what sort of stuff do you see? And you think, God, that's just bollocks. Like, it's just crap, or you know, it's like thing, things people do that you just like. What are you doing? No. Um, I, I, I don't really pass judgment on music-based artwork anymore because I know anyone in the underground is working with a limited budget. Yeah. And. A lot of times, uh, especially rave promoters, they're, they're, they're working with a young up-and-coming guy or girl from college and they're, they're getting it cheap, you know? Or there's a mate that they have, another DJ that's been doing creative artwork for a while and they get him to do the... So I'm, I'm not really prissy or judgmental on other people's artwork. The one thing I will cuss, though, <laughs> is... Um, jump up drum and bass nights plastering MCs all over the front alright mate we get it you've got 300 MCs <laughs> like why do their faces have to be on the front drum and bass flyers used to be brilliant man they used to be the best flyers in the world yeah yeah but now they're just bait I did read one article once that said if you put people's faces on things, it makes it more relatable, people feel more of a connection to sort of things, and I always try to put faces on things. That is 100% correct. As, as somebody that works in the publishing industry, and my business is to sell books, that, that is true. That is true. But I don't like it. I don't like it, all those MCs and DJ cut-out floating heads. Yeah, I get you. I mean, obviously, there's a balance there, isn't there? Um, you know, one or two faces, yeah, I can relate to that. But if it's like 200 faces, it's like, let's just throw a load of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, you know? I'd, I'd rather have some weird robot in some kind of cyberpunk world or an alien girl. I'd like something interesting, man. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Wombat gassed up. So I put this in because I want the world to know about Aussie grime. Aussie grime? The Aussies. Aussies are really, really good at grime. Honestly, anyone listening to this show, go onto YouTube, type in Aussie Grime. They are sick. And Wombat is the best, in my opinion. I think Wombat is the absolute best of them. Yeah, we're not going to get many words in here, really, are we now? Because I can't really talk over talking. But uh, um, just some bits, in some bits in these, and you, it's so clever, the lyrics, isn't it? He, he is particularly clever. 
clever, this guy. He, he looks a bit wild. He, if, you, if you pull up a picture of the gaze of what he looks like, he, he definitely looks like a mad one. But he is very good at what he does. It's a recent discovery for me, uh, Aussie Grime. I, I dip my toe in from time to time. I'm not clued up like the cool kids, so I don't know all the names, you know. I just know what I like. When I started getting into Wombat, I was like, like yeah, I like this. And this is a homage to my kind of hood rat background. So I, I do come from a, a lower working class area. I did come up rough and this is the vibe. This is, this is the sound of the UK and Aussie underground. Bumping the law with a pack of the pills. Is it gonna be a cunt on the side of my cut and the cards like I'm flattening the wheels? I'm sick in the mud. What do you think to the concept of keeping it real? Sticking to what you know rather than some imported style of music? I don't really know how to respond to that. When you say keeping it real, in, in what context, in what way? So, you look at Goldie Looking Chain, right? You're familiar with them? Yep. They keep it real, right? It's like sticking to singing about stuff that they're into rather than trying to ape the Americans or as the Aussies might be doing, aping what's happening in the UK, you know? Okay, yeah, I get what you're saying now. I'm really grateful that the Aussies have aped the UK because it's resulted in some really good grime music. Um, but I do like the grime movement in the UK because it's a distinct UK sound and there's context there and I, I, I prefer the flow and the delivery and the approach that UK rappers and grime artists take anyway I, I think I don't know they, they've got a lot more nuance I'm not impressed by people boasting about how much stuff they've got doesn't no. appeal to me I can't relate to that I can relate to a, a hood rat you know that, that hasn't got a lot and he's in a bad situation and he's talking about his experiences I can relate to that because I've been there oh here we go yeah not talking on this man I mean, by the time I got to this point, I was sold. So good. I, I think Ocean Wisdom's the best in the UK right now. And I'm not really deep into UK hip hop or UK grime. I am a casual, I'm an outsider. But again, I know what I like and I really like this. There's no harm being a casual outsider. I mean, you can't be into everything. I can't, mate. I really can't. I'd like to be. Just dip your toe in, enjoy it, and then go back to someone else. Yeah. Come with your itty bitty one line flow. Think you're a Donny like Darko? I don't really think so. I was in a polo with Marco, chucking shit out of the window, going on childish. I don't know what mild is, coming like chili on childhood, nothing like menfo. I got a gram of your highness, Kong's got a gram of the blood clock, last clock, Kimbo. One of the things I absolutely just I love this tune is when he uses the word pleb in it. Because that's obviously such a British word, like, you know? And again, that goes back to keeping it real, isn't it? He's a Brighton lad, so South East UK. I mean, that bass is like so oh. good. Do you know if he makes his own tunes, like, or is he just rapping it? I have no idea, actually. Well, there's a question for our listeners. Maybe someone can go dig it out. We we saw him live at uh, Boomtown, whenever the last Boomtown we went to. It was good. Yeah. It was me and the missus and 
2,000 kids. You know, if you were well-to-do, you know, you come from a nice suburban middle-class house, you can't really then jump into the crime scene and go about how hard it is because you didn't pass your GCSEs, you know? I would be, if, if that middle-class kid wanted to get into crime and they were really good and they had epic flow and they were punchy and, and they were talking about things within context without Interesting. trying to be fake or, you know, give it the big I am bravado, then I'll be all for it. If, if they're good, they're good. I'll be repping them. Yeah. I mean, that track in its own right, just the backing track alone is mint, and then the lyric on top and everything that flow, beautiful track. It's so good. And I always feel like when I'm doing these uh, talking tune sessions, I feel like I'm passing judgment on people's tunes. I ain't, you know, but uh, that last tune, Ocean Wisdom. Oh. Wow, easily my favorite tune out of the whole selection you got here. And then you go from that into DJ Mutante. I mean, a bit of Gabba Disco. Uh, what are you doing to us, Dean, man? What are you doing? Oh, I love Gabba Disco. Do you not think it's a bit like, a bit, I don't know, it's a bit like mega cheesy, you know? The reason why I put this tune in, uh, and I hope you kept the tune in, uh, I hope you kept it in, there's, there's a drop at the later part of the tune. Yeah. So to build up the everything else, not overly fussed, but there's, there's one, um, I don't know, it's like a really heavily distorted kick drum drop and it's my favourite style of drop in anything in hard tech, in gabber, in uh, terror, breakcore, you name it and it's a real crunchy synthetic noise and really aggressive I don't know if it's actually included in your mix but I hope it is because that's why I put the tune in there Alright, okay, we have to call it out if we uh, catch it Yeah but I, I find with this stuff, it's a bit, it's a bit too like mega mixy, you know. It's like, oh, let's just like grab a load of bits and and, and, and stick it all together. I think the first few Gabba discos, I was kind of into it, but yeah. after a while, it's just like, oh, seriously, you just doing the same again? It's a bit. Oh. The reason why I included this is because I, I wanted to show at least one track where it's a little bit left field and a little bit silly because my track listing is quite serious and quite dark and quite aggressive yeah. but but we really enjoy the absolute stupidity of donk and hard bass and and some of the hard tech you know oh yeah for real for real yeah and i, I totally would get that and that's probably where they're coming from with the gather disco but uh i don't know it just doesn't come across as authentic to me that sounds like a harsh criticism now doesn't it <laughs> Ah, it's all good. It's all right, mate. <laughs> Sorry. We saw Mutante at a sound crumpet. I'm, I'm losing track of the years now. I think it was it year. Yeah. Yeah. I got a flu afterwards. I reckon it was COVID. But um, yeah, re really, really good fun. Really good fun. And I bet, I bet the mixer, I bet the drop isn't on this. But never mind. Well, we shall see.
was going to go back to an earlier point I was making as well about artwork because I wanted to hear what your thoughts were yep. on the use of women and you know overtly sexualizing women in artwork. Personally, okay. I see it. I just think it's just it can be done well, but like if I see someone's mix and they got a picture of a busty woman on in a bikini, I'm like, well, what am I interested in here? Is it the music or is it the busty woman in the bikini? Like, what are you trying to sell to me? Yeah, I'd have the I'd have the busty woman in the artwork, but I'd peel her face off and leave the muscles yeah. and the tendons and the, the veins and <laughs> the exposed teeth. That'll be that. There you go. That's your artwork. We we had the most violent um, event flyers for any event in the UK ever that got banned from. <laughs> oh, cool! Shop. Well done. Uh, for autopsy sessions this is where the drop's coming in oh it's here it's all right it's literally only the drop of this track that i like <laughs> but you think like you know using women in that situation is like just it's exploitative right um depends on the context depends on the audience depends on the gig if you're selling a product to 17 year old males then a busted woman's going to sell that product yeah you know it's it's all dependent on context so what you're saying is i'm a prude and i should just get over it <laughs> no no you you do have a point because some people are gratuitous for the sake yeah. of it it's it's cheap titillation it's, yeah. it's cheap yeah. the same as using gore in horror is is cheap the best horror has no gore yeah this tune is so stupid i love it is this the drop you after is it i'm cranking it up that's a noise oh yeah 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 i could listen to that all night <laughs> <laughs> so the goofy build up and the rest of the track not overly enamored but that i always loved that drop and i really yeah. wanted to include it to show the other side of things that we enjoy yeah now that kick there and that's more like it that sort of french core kick i love them yeah, really, really, really enjoy French Core. Really enjoy Terra. My clothing company, Terra Core, is named after the music genre, Terra Core. Did you ever listen to Matt Weaselbusters? Some of his stuff like this is f so good as well. Like, yeah. Or a lot of that hard tech. Yeah. Uh, we we really like on on the subject of Terra. We really like mm. DJ Smurf. Oh, we love DJ Smurf. Jordy uh, Gabba Mafia. Gabba and hardcore DJ. Yeah. We saw him at uh, Boomtown. Didn't even know who he was. Walked into this random room and we didn't leave until he finished. Yeah, Smurf's been at Gabba in the UK for 25 years or more. Uh, he's been oh, instrumental in, in promoting it in the underground, yeah? Big time. Well, immediately after the gig, we kind of jumped onto his socials and started following him straight away man because he was one of the best sets of the entire weekend we had the most fun with his um kind of smurf terror gabba set like this is one of the defining moments of, of the festival for us so when you go to festivals are you an explorer or are you a, a spreadsheet kind of guy a um, little bit of both uh, if I go to a festival, I'm normally with a lot of other people. Yeah. Or with my partner. 
when I say daytime, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. I'll, I'll watch whatever you want to watch. I'll do whatever you want to do. But when it hits 10 or 11 p.m., I'm going to this stage and I'm watching the crossbreed and I'm not moving. <laughs> and that's the deal I have with everyone. Yeah. And I'll go on my own. I don't care if no one wants to look at it or watch it. Yeah. I'm going. I'm, I brought my ticket for the sole purpose of watching the Satan or DJ Eep or whatever. I don't know the pronunciation of his DJ name, but... Yeah, that's all right. Uh, uh, or Dolphin or, you know, that's always the reason why I buy my ticket. Or um, I like different genre, but I, I like the uh, Japanese takeover. Always have so much fun watching them. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about having fun. I, I know I know they're a mashup style. I know they're, they're mashup DJs, but always have fun watching them. Yeah. Yeah, this is Jipe. Is that how you say it? Jipe Deathmatch. Jipe, yeah, yeah. I was calling him DJ Ipe for so long, but yes, Jipe. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how I've been saying it, but it's Jipe, yeah? Oh, man. So this is the pinnacle for me, the absolute apex. My favourite part of any rave, my favourite part of any festival yeah. is when the maggots are crunching this out at 3am, 4am, 5am and you're running out of energy well you don't really know how much energy you've got because you're just grabbing that railing and rattling it backwards and forwards and you're moshing and you're jumping and you're being aggy in a nice way hmm. well, I always say as well you know I think the the more niche the genre the nicer the people are and, and when you get into niche genres like this everyone's lovely oh man it's crazy the the first um kind of uh, Holland rave I went up to, went to went off the beaten track and we went to this big warehouse thing and then we got out of the taxi I was like oh my god I'm gonna die I, I thought it was all neo-nazis everyone had shaved heads oh yeah classic Gabba yeah because I hadn't been Gabba raving in, in Holland yeah I just made the assumption, oh my God, everyone's got skinheads and they're wearing Lonsdale or whatever. Um, Australian. Uh, Australians, yeah. yeah. The, the tracksuits. Nicest people in yeah. the world. Oh, absolutely. I just made I, I just made a split assumption in my head. Oh my God, they're all neo-Nazis are going to die. But um, the most lovely people ever. <laughs> best night ever. Um, and and I've, of course, I've been to a lot of Gabba raves in Holland since then, so I know the drill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the shaved head is... is I don't know if people still do that so much these days. Yeah, they definitely do, mate. They do. But uh, I remember when I was in Scabber in the nineties, and I remember people would cross the street to avoid you, and I'm like, Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> I've started. I had a I had a skinhead for twenty years. Skinhead, clean shaven for twenty years, yeah. and it and it makes my face look a bit severe. So I moved to Bristol, lived with some hippies, grew out my hair, grew out my beard, and um, have a look back. And the Australian's tracksuit is is iconic in Gabba, right? Yeah. There. It really is. It really is. We went to Thunderdome or Thunderdome recently, and yeah. it was it was amazing, man. It, it was almost too big. You couldn't really process it. I, I prefer the Bolter or Bangface scale events to the ridiculously massive ones because it's more intimate. I like the intimate instead of the the giant fireworks and showcase. You know. Yeah. Yeah, fireworks I'm not that fussed about. What I'd love to see, something like Thunderdome, I've never been, but what I'd love to see is, you know, the real proper gabbers that are doing the hacker at the back. You're just like, how the fuck are you keeping that up for half an hour? Yeah, yeah. If you want to experience that, then then yeah. Thunderdome is the one to do, man. It is. Oh, it blew our minds. It, it was overwhelming, man. And I got to see the Satan. That made me happy. Cool. Yeah, that'd be cool.
Yeah, Jipe's a tough one because it's like there's so much good stuff from Jipe to choose from. Uh, oh, that was so hard narrowing it down, man. Yeah, he's in Australia now these days, I believe. Um, I only know that because I heard it on one of your previous shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For the record, I could talk about Bang Face all day, but it might be a little bit bittersweet because we can't go to Bang Face, so... Nah, give it time. I hope so. Give it time. I mean, my money, not that I'm a nerd or anything, but my money is on September or October next year. Yeah. Based on the fact that you can't book a weekend at Pontins, Southport, those weekends. Okay. You think about it, September, kids are back at school, so what's Pontins going to be doing, right? They're going to be having some sort of weekender in September, October. Now, they'll take all the money they can get, man. Of course, yeah, of course, and if you can get a weekender in that weekend, but the question then is be, I guess, I guess venues will start going, okay, look, we're back, we're open, who is the most profitable? Yeah. So when I was younger, I was um, a classic Chevy drum and bass head. You know, the the Nightcat, the the original like '90s Chev. You know, um, yeah. people just do nothing like those geezers. Yeah. So I I was the cliche. I was that, um, and I was a drum and bass head. But when I started going to, it, I think. Uh, Boomtown was the first one, and then Bangface after that. And I started hearing the breakcore, and I started hearing the gabber and the hardcore and the terror and everything. And then my my tastes just changed overnight. But it was the hardcore and the crossbreed that sung to me more than anything else. Yeah. So what would you call this? You wouldn't call this crossbreed now, would you? It's it's a tricky one, man. I'm never really sure what you'd call this, like Satan. This is the Satan at the moment, uh, Taste of Blood, right? I believe so. I, I would just call it hardcore, but it's just like so vague as a description, right? Like hardcore is just about anything. I'm not a producer or a DJ, so I'm probably not the person to be assigning genres to things, but mm. I, I think if the drums are kind of acoustic and live sounding, then it's more of a drum and bass flavor. Yeah. And then mixing in the hardcore elements kind of crossbreed I'm not too sure mate but I, I normally go by the drums if the drums are live sounding then it's, it's more of a drum and bassy one okay that's a fair assumption and again I wouldn't disagree with it <laughs> yeah I, yeah who knows we're all just making it up as we go along aren't we exactly that oh someone brought the pots and pans out again <laughs> Satan as well. Whenever you get his tracks, all, I don't know what the hell he does with his normalization and his uh, his mastering. But so many he does with his mastering that just you have to turn it down. Every, all of his tracks you have to turn it down 10 or 15 decibels to bring him in line with everything else. 
Right, Kushti, can I ask you a question, mate? Come on, what's the question? When are you going to go to Bolta? Yeah, I know. I mean, it always looks amazing. The lineups always look fantastic. I'd love to go, but I just don't like sleeping in tents. That's the problem. Why don't you get a little B&B or something near the... Because it's in the town. It's in the town. Right. It's on a racetrack. The Bolter is is basically bang face in the field. Similar kind of lineups, similar kind of people, similar kind of themes. It's so good, Kushti. As, as a lover of music, oh, gotcha. you have to get your ass to Bolter. Don't stay in a tent. Oh, man. Stay in a bloody B&B that's next to the site and yeah. get yourself down there. Um, I think you're missing out on a lot of interesting stuff, man. I am. I probably am. I can understand you not wanting to go to Boomtown because of the costs and they're ripping the arse out of it these days or whatever. But Bolter, 100% best gig I've been to in the past 20 years. On par, on par with Bangerface. Alright, well I'm 47 so I'll, I'll make a commitment to try and get there before 50. How about that? The next one that comes up you're going. The next the next bolter, you're going to the next one mate. You look at the lineup. Look at the lineup, it's crazy. Now, you're going to come over here and drag me over yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to bully you into it. Peer pressure. That's the other thing is I could just get a car and just get my car and just drive over. Seriously, man, it is yeah. so good. Uh, some of my, a lot of my musical discoveries of um, Lady Scraper. I first saw Lady Scraper there. Oh, cool! And it was just the Satan is good. He's consistent and great, and every time we've seen him live, it's been amazing. But there's a lesser-known DJ that does the underground circuit. Uh, called Lady Scraper, who's just so, so, so offensive. It's, it's kind of hybrid death metal and um, like breakcore. Yeah. Extremely savage. This is this is songs of praise in comparison to what Lady Scraper does. Yeah, I know Lady Scraper's stuff. Um, some of it is like it's either, it's it's either amazingly good or it's like what the hell is this? Most of the time, so I don't listen to Lady Scraper at home or, you know, put on a mix or whatever. It, it's a live thing. Mm. And if we, if we see Lady Scraper on a lineup, we're running. We're running there because we know it's going to be extremely angry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, may may not be, you know, as, as tight or polished as the other stuff, but I always leave the set with a gigantic grin every single time. Yeah. And we're always heavily inebriated as well. It's like toe cutter or passenger of shit. A absolutely, it is a live thing. It is a live thing. You need to see it live, really. But yeah, I wanted to big up Lady Scraper. If, if you're listening, mate, um, love, always love your sets. So now we're on to another Satan tune. You've got two Satan tunes in there. This one is Bring On Destruction. Yeah, an another Satan track because most of the fun times I've had out in the past decade, the Satan has been playing, so. And he wears those big masks. He must sweat like a bastard in those masks, doesn't he? Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the better uh, gimmicks. He put a bit of thought into his, his mask. Yeah. I think DJs need to be visually identifiable easily. Yeah, it's, it's the age of official branding. I say when he takes that mask off, everyone's like, who are you? So this is always my happiest point of the evening when this comes on. 
and and we always see the same faces at the front all the all the gutter punks i don't know if they're all from bristol or whatever but there, there's a little crew that follows the um crossbreed and hardcore djs around and, and we always see them at the gigs it's really fun all, all the same faces and that's across europe as well we'll go to european gigs and see the same heads there <laughs> so tell me are you in bristol or are you in kent then or whereabouts are you in the world um I, li I lived in bristol for a year but went mad because right. i spent too much time on my own um yeah and then i came home oh, i went to cambodia i lived in cambodia and then that uh, that that went a bit sideways and I, I came back to the uk and um yeah i'm, I'm in sunny ramsgate all right which is right on the southeastern point of the uk yeah So handy for London. Yeah, we um, when the raves are on, we'd go up to um, uh, therapy sessions. We'd mm. go to London Bangface. We'd go to Rupture, really good drum and bass night. That's a chin strokey night, but still really, really good. Um, Jungle Syndicates, bounce up to Jungle Syndicate and then get the train back in the morning. Always a mission. Yeah, that's always the best when you get the train at like six in the morning home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, done that many times. And then, and then wake up at 10 o'clock in God knows where. That's it. <laughs> okay, um, Igor. Yeah. A new discovery for me. So I was listening to Igor back when he was doing Breakcore, and then he's, he's working more now as a full band. So I, I just think this is the best of everything. I, w I wanted to end on a left field one. This is good, and it's like the vocals just all over the place. It's nice. It's like, yeah, whatever. Just do what I want to do. This is this is everything in the kitchen sink music. That's what I like in art. But so ridiculously good, man. Mm. You any idea what you're screaming about? No idea, mate. Jack, he's stuck behind a, a, a really slow driver. <laughs> Some lovely edits. This must play into your idea that you're liking stuff that's thematic. Yeah, absolutely. Very visual. Mm. Um, but this just takes all the best bits of metal and all the best bits of breakcore and electronica and then throws them opera in for good measure. I'd love to see these guys live. The full band. Yeah. I'd love to see opera live one day. Yeah, yeah, it's meant to be a real experience. It'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine if you went to go and see opera or something like that? And you're like, oh my god, that's it, I'm converted. I'm not listening to anything else other than opera now. I'm sure it's <laughs> happened more than once, Christy. Yeah. I couldn't imagine not listening to Rex, to be honest with you. I think it's so, so ingrained. It must be the same for yourself, right? 20, 30 years, whatever. It's just too ingrained at this point. Yeah, I'm, if, if I'm out-out, I need a certain tempo and I need a certain level of aggression to really get a groove on, man. And unless I, I go to see something, uh, you know, like we do like to let our hair down with the with the donk and the hard bass. <laughs> Call it hard bass. So it's not always angsty, bloody, you know, teen rage. Yeah. Pull your teeth out. 
Yeah. I do enjoy the variation. And the good thing is about mixed genre events is that you spend the daytime watching the fun stuff, the kooky stuff, the kind of mash-up breakcore stuff, and then for pudding, for being good, you get to listen to the crossbreed. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I always say that all the time. Right, it's crossbreed time now, people. Oh, man, we're out of time already. Yep, time flies when you're having fun, mate. Ah, crikey. So, uh, cheers, man. I mean, God, that's absolutely flown by. Uh, thanks again for taking the time to sit the call. Thanks for having me on, mate. Really enjoyed it. And as a long-time listener of the show, it's, it's definitely cool being in the hot seat. Okay, excellent, man. Yes, thanks for coming on and thanks for listening. And hopefully you listen back to this one and enjoy it rather than going, oh, God, I hate listening to myself. <laughs> Nah, I'm alright with that. I run a YouTube channel now, so yeah, that's part of the course, mate. Oh, of course, you're familiar with that. Do you want to give a shout out to that YouTube channel? Um, I don't know if any of you guys listening uh, will be interested in it, but it's photomanipulation.com. You can just put photo manipulation into YouTube, and ours will pop up as the first result. And it basically teaches people how to do digital art with Photoshop. That's it. And then, uh, little recorder to finish it off <laughs> ah good stuff well take it any man bye bye take it easy good day lights mate 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 mate